Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, we have some good students here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, make a joyful noise before the Lord. And I was sharing with Brother David this morning. I said, if you look at the definition of noise, it means noise. <laughs> there is no diplomacy when it comes to noise. Noise is noise. It's like you go to the football field and everybody is rejoicing and happy over the team and they are shouting and somebody will say, hey, you got to be cool about this. No, it ain't got no cool about being noisy. Noise is noise. So can somebody make some joyful noise in the presence of God this morning? Thank you for making noise for Pastor Brandon. Let's make some noise for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. One thing I love about the European church, they are very diplomatic. And that's a nice thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice thing. But if it was in Africa now, this roof would be shaking. <laughs> Boy, we know how to make noise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So before I go on this morning, I just want to appreciate Pastor Brandon this morning. So uh, before all the witnesses this morning, I want to say to you, I'm very humble and I appreciate you for this opportunity. I don't take it lightly. I want you to know that and I love you, sir, with all my heart. And to the leadership of LCC, thank you for the opportunity. You didn't have to choose me, but you did because of his grace and I'm grateful. And to all of you beautiful people, thank you for giving me your audience this morning. I promise you, you will not be disappointed because Jesus is here to see you through. Amen. Can we just pray? Father, I thank you this morning in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, I submit myself to you. May I speak as you speak this morning. Let me not say anything that you have not placed in my heart, O oh God. I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, let that still small voice speak to somebody seated in your presence this morning, Lord. That voice that will say hope to somebody this morning. That voice I will tell somebody, you are not alone. I am with you. That voice will re that will remind somebody, O oh Lord, of your compassionate love for them. That voice that will say, I'm here to heal you this morning. That voice that will say, hey, don't worry. I'm in control. Let that voice be spoken into their ears this morning. And I ask, Lord, at the end of the day, Jesus, you alone be glorified to your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This morning I want to talk about prayer. Pastor Brandon said we're starting a new series on being rooted. How can a Christian be rooted in God? It's by prayer. Prayer is the number one key that gets a man to be rooted in God. Anything outside of prayer, you cannot get God involved. Are you with me this morning? So we're going to be talking about prayer. Amen? Amen. Now I have come to discover there are three kinds of prayer that have been recorded in the Bible. One is what we call corporate prayer. Can you say with me corporate prayer? Corporate prayer. Uh, please forgive my tongue. I, I'm an African. <laughs> Amen. It's corporate prayer. Hallelujah. Corporate prayer is when group of people gather together to pray unto the Lord. 
corporate prayer can be also a prayer that has been declared by a nation to pray unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You can, you can find that in Joel chapter 1. Right? Is it Joel chapter 4? Please, can we go there quickly? Joel chapter 1 verse 14, sorry. When God told the nation of Israel to declare a fast, he said, gather the elders of the land, declare a fast unto me. Gather the people to pray unto me, corporate prayer. The nation comes together and pray unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And also in Acts chapter 4, verse 24, remember the Bible says, After many threatening unto the apostles, they went unto their company, and they all lifted their voices up unto the Lord to pray. Corporate prayer. They came together to pray concerning the threat that the nation, the, the nation of Egypt, um, was it Egypt, or that brought upon them, or Herod, the group of Herod people that has brought upon them. So they gathered together to pray. Corporate prayer. Corporate prayer could be something you can get, come to somebody and say, please join me and let's pray unto the Lord concerning my situation. Hallelujah. I hope I'm clear. Are, are you understanding my tongue? Please forgive me. Amen. <laughs> corporate prayer is also found in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, listen to what he said, if my people can come together and pray, come together and pray, Dropping their iniquities, I'm paraphrasing it. Dropping their iniquity, departing from their sin, come together and pray. Then he said, I will hear from the heavens and I will heal their land. When the people come together to lift up their voices unto God, it's what we call corporate prayer. It's recorded in the Bible. Hallelujah. Then we have also prayer of intercession. Prayer of intercession is where you intercede on behalf of somebody. I can be praying like every every. Let's say one time a week, Pastor Brandon, Pastor, uh, Brother David, and I, we meet. We intercede on behalf of the church. It's prayer of intercession. What you are praying for somebody, not for yourself. Amen. At that time, you, you, you can't be selfish. You just pray for somebody. Don't just forget about yourself. Hallelujah. Now, prayer of intercession can be found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 to 21. We don't have time to go through all the scriptures, so I'm just paraphrasing them. Please. Daniel chapter 9. The Bible says, and after Daniel saw the iniquity of Israel, he went up into the temple to intercede on behalf of the nation of Israel. Hallelujah. 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 Let me hear people say amen. amen. In Acts chapter 12, in Acts chapter 12, verse 5 to 18, the Bible says, after Herod saw that it pleased the people that he had put Stephen to death, he apprehended and put him into the prison to be killed after the Passover. And the Bible said the believer gathered together and interceded on behalf of Peter. You remember the story in the Bible said an angel of the Lord went into the prison, brought Peter up. Most of us know the story who can read our Bible. Amen. And he brought Peter up, blah, 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 and so forth. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that was prayer of intercession. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you okay? Amen. Now, I'm being fast because of our time. It was in Africa, I would take my time because I have two hours to preach. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> A man ago said, the reason why we take too much time to preach to the African is because we have too many problems. <laughs> so when we are in church, we are at home. 
even though we are in church. So we have to keep seeing things over and over until they enter into our heart. But that's not true. <laughs> that is not true. It was just a joke. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. In Second Corinthians chapter one verse eleven, Paul, um, the not, uh, yeah, Paul the apostle admonished the Corinthian church. He said, "Pray for us. Pray for us. We are we are embarking on a mission. Gather and pray for all. Intercede on our behalf. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then we have personal prayer. Personal prayer is praying for yourself. You remember Jesus was teaching us about personal prayer in Matthew chapter six, verse five to six. He said, "Be ye not." as the hypocrite does. They pray in the street places that everybody will see them, that they will be heard of everybody. He said, but when you pray, go into your closet. Pray to the God who is in secret and he will reward you. Okay. <laughs> Don't. Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, The God who you pray to in the secret will reward you openly. Now, this is the prayer I want to focus on this morning. Amen. Personal prayer. How? First of all, let's, let's go to what is prayer. What is prayer? I say here in my note prayer is humanity interacting with divinity. Are we together? Prayer is well, humanity interacting with divinity for earthly intervention. Spirit and man. Spirit and man. Oh, you have it there. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayer could also be prayer is humanity seeking divinity for earthly intervention. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, God told us, call on me. Man, call on the spirit and the spirit will answer to you. Call on me and I will answer you. Hallelujah. In Psalm 91 verse 15, he said, and you shall call on me and I will answer you and I will honor you. So God does not only answer, God goes another step further to do you good. Are we together? You shall call on me, and I will answer you. I will deliver you. Then I will honor you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29, verse 12, he said, And he shall pray unto me, and I will answer him. Amen. So, it's what? Humanity calling on divinity for earthly intervention. Going to God who is spirit so that he can intervene on your earthly situation. This morning, God is going to intervene on your behalf. Ah, the church is too cold this morning. Can I hear a believing amen? Can I hear a believing amen? How do we pray? The Lord Jesus given an idea or he laid a platform on how to pray. In Luke chapter 11, beginning verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, and the disciple went unto him and said unto him, Lord Teach us how to pray. That means to say prayer can be taught. So if you don't know how to pray this morning, I'm here to teach you how to pray. Then the good news about prayer is this is my best subject because I'm a prayerful person. I love praying. Amen? I love praying. 
That's why I can stay away from food for 40 days and live on water. Amen. When you get to Gambia, you ask the demon about me. I can treat them very well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus said, when that prayer say, Abba, Father, what in heaven, hello be thy name, thy kingdom come. Somebody here know that prayer? I know that's, 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 that's a traditional thing in the Bible. Can we say it together? One, two, go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hello be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us night into temptation. Deliver us from all evil. For that is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see, Jesus laid a platform for us. Now, I'm going to use this platform to show you what our Father means. Our Father is not a, trad it's not a, it's not a chant. It's not some enchantment that you use to get God's intention. I mean, God' attention. Amen. It was a mystery Jesus was revealing unto the disciple on how to pray. It was a formula that He gave them on how to pray. Hallelujah. Now, please put the tabernacle up there. Let's see something. Now, I'm going to teach you how to pray. We have, we have something we call the tabernacle prayer. Can we have the, the map there, please? The map. Yes. Praise God. Now, display on that board is what we call the tabernacle of God. Now, when you come to God in prayer, there are stages you need to go through to be able to reach to the master himself. You don't just go to God, Father, you know, this is very serious. You need, to, you need to answer me now. Let's talk about this. No, 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 no. Even though he's merciful, even though he's compassionate, even though he's faithful, but there is a, there is a protocol that you go through to get to his throne. And if you understand this protocol, I promise you, every time you get there, you come out with results. Hallelujah. There's no delay in that. It's like a president of the nation. You don't just march to his office. Or the senator of, 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 of the United States. You don't just march. There are protocols you go through to meet them. It's, it's the same with God. Somebody say, is God not our father? Yes, he's your father. But there's a way you can get to him. There's a way you can gain his attention. Now, the first thing we have there is what we call the gate. I think you can see the front. The gate. There are keys you need to have to unlock that gate to be able to enter. And in Psalm 100, David shows us the key in Psalm 100, verse 4. He said, verse 4 said, Enter into his gate with what? Thanksgiving. With what? Thanksgiving. The first thing you do when you approach God is to begin to give him thanks. Begin to thank him. Father, that bless your name. I give you praise. You are a wonderful God. You are a gracious God. I love you, Jesus. Begin to remind of who he is. 
what he can do, the power he possesses, begin to remind him of his creation. Tell him things that he needs to hear. It's like a king. <laughs> when you get to the king's office, there's a way you talk to the king, he will lose his pocket for you. Praise the Lord. Enter his gate with thanksgiving and his court with what? Praise. Now watch it. When you are praising God, you don't praise him just because you can sing. You're praising with understanding. In Psalm 47 verse 7, the Bible says, the Lord is the king of the earth. Praise him with understanding. You praise God with what? Understanding. That is to say, your praise is part of your prayer. So, the situation in which you are going to God to pray, you come with a son that relates with your situation. Is somebody with me? You praise him. You deserve the glory and it honor. Lord, I lift my hands in worship and I praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, I lift my hands in worship and I praise your holy name. For you are great and your miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You, 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 you. you need to draw God's attention. What is the Lamb? Jesus. You deserve my praise. What is your name? You have to do something that will make God to say, who is there? The eyes of the Lord run there to and fro, seeking hope. Heart is after him. God is looking on the earth. Who's sinking? Then you draw his attention. That's the first way to enter into the gate. Praise the Lord. Are we together? The second thing you do after you have entered into the gate, we have what we call the brazen altar. It is a place where you come to recognize your thoughts. In the brazen altar, you do not try to justify what you did. Or why you did it. You just go there and say, Father, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against you. I have fallen short of your glory. The Bible says, many have fallen short of the glory of God. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. For all have fallen short of all, sorry, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when you fall short of the glory of God, you don't come to justify why you are falling. In First John chapter one, verse let's from verse seven for time's sake, verse seven to to ten. The Bible says, "If you say you have no sin, you have made him a liar. Then the truth is not in you." He say, "But let us walk in the light, as he is light." Now let's go to verse nine. He say, "If that confess your sin." God is faithful and just to, um, to, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. From all unrighteousness. So you go and confess. Now you, he used the word confess. What you may have done. The thing, if you remember it, that is your sin and your unseen sin. 
The ones you can remember, you cannot remember. Lord, forgive me for all my sins. Have mercy on me. You go to him in prayer of repentance. Praise the Lord. In Psalm 103, the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and bless his holy name, forgetting not all his benefits. He who cleans you from your iniquities, he who redeems your life from destruction, he who satisfies your mouth with good things and crowns you with his loving kindness and tender mercy. You need to remember, you go to God with all this. Lord, I, I, I thank you because you have saved me. I thank you because you have, you have redeemed me from all my sins. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You go to God. Cry for mercy. Cry for mercy. Hebrews 4 verse 16, he said, he said, let us therefore come before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace in times of need. I don't know what you are going to, but you go to God, Lord, I come to seek mercy. I have come to seek grace concerning this situation. And the Lord will visit you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, are we together, people of God? Hallelujah. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, the Bible says, Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Thank God this morning we took the communion. Lord, by your blood, I cleanse myself from every filthiness. I cleanse myself. Purify me. Sanctify me. Consecrate me. Cause me to be fit to stand before your throne of grace. Listen to me. Every time you go before the throne of God, God doesn't see you. He sees the blood. Because Jesus is always standing there. And when God sees you, he wants to say, oh no, Jesus said, Father, look at my blood. The sacrificed blood. Not him. And then when God sees the blood, all he sees is the righteousness of God in you. The righteousness of Christ in you. He doesn't see you. He sees Christ in you. The hope of your glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we together? Are we learning something? Then number three, Please, I'm fast this morning because of our time. Amen. <laughs> Number three, <laughs> we have what we call the liver of waters. Praise the Lord. It's a place of reflection. Now, this is very important. When you get to this stage, the way you see yourself from stage two is how God sees you now. If you still see yourself as a sinner after asking for forgiveness, God will see you as a sinner. But if you see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, now God sees righteousness. He doesn't see that old you. Are you with me? He doesn't see the old Eddie anymore. What he sees now is a new Eddie in Christ Jesus. So at this point, you need to start reflecting on yourself. Reflect through the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is like a mirror that we all reflect ourselves. You see yourself now. You drop the old man. Now you are entering into his presence as a new person, not the same person anymore. You are not that person that came to the gate anymore. You are a different person now. You have entered the gate, you are a different person. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go quickly. Number four. The lampstand. Josh, if you get to this place, and you can succeed through this stage, you are good to go. This is the place of the Holy Ghost. This is the place where you allow the Spirit of God to take over your life. 
You allow the Holy Ghost to, to, to sort with you in the realm of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. Every time you need down to pray, I don't know if this has happened to any of you when you are praying and then some distraction can come in your mind. Sometimes the, the devil will come and whisper something that you got no business thinking on. And you're like, oh, ah, I forget. I was supposed to meet Pastor Brandon. Oh, and you are praying. <laughs> Seriously, in prayer. Oh, I forgot I had this appointment. Oh my God, let me just jog it. And you left prayer and jog, start jogging down. That's distraction. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to soar with you in that moment, you will go through. So that's what the Bible says. And when he, the Holy Ghost comes, when he comes, he will give you power. Power to uh, overcome any negative thoughts. Power to help you to soar in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why do you, why should you allow the Holy Ghost to help you through? Because only the Spirit of God understands the things of God. For who can know the things of God except the Spirit of God? And Jesus was advising us, he said, in John chapter 16, verse 7, he said, it is expedient for you that I go my way. If I do not go, the helper will not come. But if I go, my father will send the helper. And when he, the Holy Ghost, come, he will teach you all things. He will show you all things. He will guard you. So you need the Holy Ghost at this moment to help you in this part of your life. He helps you to begin to understand what God is saying to you, what God is communicating to you. Because there are thoughts will drop in your spirit. And sometimes you think it's you, are, you are the one just thinking. No, you are not the one just thinking. God is speaking to your heart. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to take over, then you begin to understand this is not the voice of you. This is the voice of God. Praise the Lord. Are we together? So you, yeah, that's why I want to say this. No pressure, please. No pressure. What I'm about to say, no pressure at all. Because the Bible says, if any man tests, that means you need to desire it. Let him come and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So that means God is not putting pressure on you for it. It's something you need to be tested for. It's something you have to desire. But one, my advice to you, each and every one of us that are children of God, we must desire the gift of the Spirit. Are you hearing me? You must desire the gift of the Spirit. Because there's a place you can reach in prayer. The only thing you can do is just speak in tongue. Hallelujah. <laughs> just speak in tongues. Because at that point, your mind, your spirit, I'm taking a little bit of time on this one because I want you to understand. At that point, your mind, your spirit are all open up to the spirit world. You can capture anything. Your signals is so sharp. Anything, any frequency that crosses that area, you can capture it. You can know whether it is the voice of the devil or it is the voice of God. At that moment, because you are, you are, you are not yourself anymore. Divinity has taken over you. Hallelujah. And you begin to flow. And at that point, it's when the Bible says, And ye shall hear a voice 
behind you saying, this is the way in which thou may go it. Then you hear that voice of God. If you are not, if you are not soaked in him, because the voice of God is like a thunder, so it's noisy, but the, the, the spirit of God helps you to pick up that still small voice among the midst of the noise of the thunder. And you will hear that whisper in your ears. Nada, I approve your going. Hallelujah. So we need the spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Are we together? You need him. Hallelujah. Let me just share a quick testimony with you. After I came to Sweden and we applied for my paper, I think it was after four years, no paper, I told God, I can't sit in a country. I said, man, no work, no nothing. And just yet, I mean, I'm not doing what I love to do. I'm not even doing what you have called me to do. What do I do? I haul clear, get back, and help the church. I woke up the next morning, I told my wife, get me a ticket, I am going back to Africa. Oh, if you go back, they will cancel the paper, they will do this, they will do that. Do that. I said, hey, God said I should go back. I heard it, I know it, I am, I am convinced. The one who asked me to go back will make sure the people come. Because he's a protocol breaker. <laughs> and many of you are your witness. I went back last year, February. While I was there, in May, the paper came out. Then they called her and they asked her, is your husband here? <laughs> is he here? She said, yes, he's here. He said, ah, okay. We have made a decision to give him the paper. I was in Africa. Now, yes, 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 the tricky part. Now. By right, I should have gone to the office, collect my ID card and everything. What do we do? Tell them to send the paper to Bambaku, where they have the Swedish embassy in Africa. She said, if we try that, they will cancel everything. Listen, God told me to tell you, to tell them to send the paper to Bambaco. <laughs> I heard, I know what I heard. Because when he speaks it, he brings it to pass. We apply. Bamako called me and said, come and take your fingerprint and your biometric. If you check my ID guys, I got it from Bamako, not Sweden. Why? Because the Spirit of God spoke to me. This is what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. Then we come to the table of the shortbread. This place. Now, remember you are still praying. All these things I'm saying, you are praying. So some of you that can pray for three minutes, you have not prayed. What I'm telling you now, it takes three hours to do it. Believe me, you can take 30 minutes to pray this prayer. But how much effect will it do to you? Now, at this place, you settle down with the word of God. Speak God's word back to him. You speak God's word back to him. In your prayer, you open your Bible. This is what you're going. Now, at this moment, there are three things you look for in the word of God as you are praying. Number one, you look for prophecy. What has God's prophesied concerning your life in that book? Look for it. 
Maybe you are looking for a child. What did God prophesies say concerning a child in that book? Children are the, are the heritage of the Lord and they are the gift of the womb. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. So it is a prophecy. You look for it in the book while you are praying. Remember, remember when you are praying, you look for a word in his word that relates to what you are praying for. Are you understanding me now? When you are praying for a job, you don't go and look for a word that talks about healing. It won't work. It's like somebody got a headache and they say, take paracetamol and you went and took uh, penicillin. I don't know if that the right word, sir. Medical people. It won't work. You can't take antibiotic for a headache. Okay? You take something that relates to the headache. Hallelujah. So you look out for prophecy in the word of God. Amen. Amen. The second thing you look out for, for his principle, the standard in his word. Hallelujah. And the third thing you look for is the promises of God. What has God promised you in his word? And you read those words back onto God. Why? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence we have when we pray according to his word, he hears us. So look for something that relates. Look for something, the word in his word. What God has, what, what has God promised you? What has God prophesied concerning you? What has God principle say, has to say concerning your situation? You read it back to him. Joshua 1 is it this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. But thou shalt do what? Meditate day in and night on it. Then thou shalt have good success. So it is the war. May I say this? God never does anything outside the confines of his word. Even your tears will not move him. It doesn't matter how painful your situation is. If you don't go to him within the confine of his war, he doesn't do anything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo. Are we together? Are we together? Then when you finish with the war, you come to what we call the, the altar of incense. It is the place of intimacy. Josh, at this place, it's where you have to show God that you truly love him. That's where you, you display your love for God. It's like a husband displaying his love for his wife. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, And Herod took the damsel. After she has danced for him, he said to her, Ask anything, even to the half of my kingdom, I will give it to you. There's a way you can show God his love. He will say, My daughter, what do you want? Say it. The Bible says, after and Solomon loved the law, and he gave a burnt offering unto the law, and the thing attracted God. And God said, Solomon, what can I do for you? You have shown me too much love. Your intimacy for me is too much. I can't stand it. What can I do? And Solomon said, Lord, give me wisdom. He said, No, that is not enough for you. I'm not only going to give you wisdom. <laughs> I will cause you to become an amazement to your generation. Yeah. I told you when God answers, he goes the extra mile. If you ask God for a car, he will make sure he will give you something to maintain a car. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lastly, after you have shown God how much you love him, how much you, you care for him, how much you obey him, then you come to what we call the Ark of the Covenant. At this place, church, anything can happen. Your destiny is made in that place. Your direction is given there. At that place then is where you can lift up your voice and make your supplication to God. You can pray for anything. And because God has seen your heart, God will grant you what you want. Shall we rise up to our feet? Let's pray this morning. Are we together? But don't just leave that place. After you have done that, you go back in thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you. You have done so well for me. Church, let me say this. When God visits you, your life can never remain the same. I'm a living testimony to that. When the hand of God reaches out to you, sir, everything changes. Everything changes. The Bible said, after Joseph, brother saw him. He went into the pit. Then he went to praise him. But the day his visitation came, the day his visitation came, the king sent a word and they released him from prison. And he was set on the throne. Now listen, everything Joseph lost as a youth, in one day, God recovered all. Pharaoh said to, to, to Joseph, only by the ring of authority I will lead Israel, but you are the leader of Egypt. When God visits a man, his life never remains the same. In the next one minute, before I call pastor, I want you to lift up your hands. Jesus, this is my moment. Don't pass me by my life I want to know you more I need more of you more of your touch more of your spirit touch me this morning touch me this morning touch me Jesus touch me this morning just, just focus on him it's not about me standing before you anymore this is about Jesus the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. This is your moment where you can say, for the next one minute, you can say, Jesus, it's just you and I now. I've heard your word. I've heard your word on prayer. But grant me the ability, the grace, that if I stand before you, I can go through this process, these steps to be able to reach to you. To have a relationship with you. He said, He sent forth His word and the word healed them. I don't know if you are sick in our midst and you are believing God for a healing this morning. Oh Lord, this is my moment. Touch me. Touch me. Touch me. Touch me. If you can just believe Him, He said, He said, if you can have a faith. As small as a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, you shall say unto this city, get out! And they will get out.
need your touch, Lord. I need it. Jacob said, Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm not leaving this place until you bless me. I need a touch from you. I don't know what you are going through, but Jesus knows it all. And this morning, I strongly believe in my spirit that he's touching somebody. He's changing somebody's life. He's comforting somebody this moment because he's the great comforter. Father, I give you glory, Lord. I give you glory, Lord. I give you glory. Give it up to him. Lift up your hearts. He says, do not hinder your heart from him. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. And if you open, I will come in. Open your heart this morning. Because the Lord is here. The Lord is here. Let's just take a moment. And let's do that. Let's open our hearts. Let's seek God's face. If you feel so comfortable, we, I just ask that you would step forward. Come up here and we'll pray for you. If you don't feel that comfortable, maybe turn to someone next to you and ask them to pray with you. But this is our moment to seize the opportunities that are in front of us. So we're just going to remain in this moment, in this stillness right now. Let's take the opportunity to pray.